following program is produced by the Align in the Sound team. If you like what you hear, please stick around at the end of the show. To find out more, contact us and contribute towards a positive future. Good morning. You are listening to Scotty Foster and Zena Richardson, your host today with Behind the Lines on 2XX Community Radio 98.3 FN in Canberra. And that was the lovely You Are Not Alone by Mavis Staples. This week, we are reaching out to our listeners to support flood victims and the relief efforts driven by civilian mobilised response teams. With things on the ground changing daily, it can be unclear how best to help those in need. First up this morning, we're going to be speaking with Dottie Anson, joining us from Aussie Helping Hands, and Aussie Helping Hands are working with flood-impacted communities in the northern New South Wales towns of Corakai, Broadwater, Woodburn and surrounding areas. In 2011, Dottie experienced firsthand the Queensland floods devastation and their effect on the community across Brisbane, Goodna and the Lockyer Valley. Dottie also witnessed how donations were often misdirected and those in genuine need lack the aid they so desperately required. Dottie will be giving us an update on the reality of the situation up north, what is needed most right now and how we can all help. Then at 9.30am we'll be speaking with Sid Riley and Paige Davis from Communities Against the Tarago Incinerator and also shortly abbreviated to CATI. CATI is a community-led organisation opposing Viola's proposal to build a waste-to-energy incinerator near Tarago in the New South Wales Southern Tablelands. The predicted range of the incinerator's toxic plume would cover areas in the ACT, including the entirety of Gungahlin, all of North Belconnen, the Longlow Valley, and a huge swath of inner north at Canberra. So don't forget to uh, check in again at 9.30 when we're done chatting with Dottie. So first of all, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Dottie. Thank you for taking time out of your rescue efforts to join us this morning. Oh, thank you, Zena. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I guess the best way to start is a little bit about um, Aussie Helping Hands, who you are and why you uh, formed this uh, charity, this group, and uh, and how you're working with the flood-impacted victims up north. So uh, um, 2011, um, I just felt uh, a pull in my heart to come up to Queensland from New South Wales um, down the um, Shellhaven area and just jumped in my, my car with my daughter and Jessica and said, you know, look, we'll go up and see what we can do. And you look, basically halfway on the uh, trip, I went, well, well, what can I do? Um, you know, look, I'm a mum, I am a businesswoman, um, and I have spent a lot of my life volunteering, helping wherever I can in different communities and overseas. Um, but I'm just basically a pair of hands um, and, a, and a big heart. So came up and ended up in the Goodna area and basically started out the back of my car and ended up there for six months coordinating. Now, I ended up, you know, with big charities came in with food bans and things like that and taking names and phone numbers. Um, but within a very short time, they pulled out and I was left there. Um, and I had big charities ask me, how can we help you? And the, the support didn't even come through to helping me help other people. So from that um, and what's happened here... Um, I just went, oh my gosh, we need to work peer-to-peer and we need to get on the ground with people that have hearts that um, want to help 
genuinely want to help and be effective and really make that peer-to-peer connection, heart-to-heart connection. And that's why we started Aussie Helping Hands. And that's the beautiful thing about Aussie Helping Hands. As for our listeners who are not familiar with the peer-to-peer um, process, it's monies, all monies go directly to those impacted, the victims, and there's no uh, middleman management fees or anything like that. That's exactly right. And the thing is we're, we're coordinating with all the different distribution centres that have popped up, um, and we've gone in there and go, what do you need to be able to be effective and efficient? because that is um, crucial because it helps flow. It helps the flow of helping others because disorganisation just creates uh, chaos and then people that are already in trauma step into that and they feel that. Mm. So it's, and it's about looking after the volunteers that everything is running smoothly and is coordinated and organised. Mm. And what I'd noticed too, because you know, I've been following what's been going on up north pretty much uh, twice a day. I've been tuning in to see what's happening and how we can help. Um, I've, I've seen that uh, there's been comments made that you know for a long time there was no one but the civilian, what they, we call the mud army, on the ground. Um, it's only recently in the last day or so that you started to see the ADF show up and um, some more government organisations. Uh, you yes, you're welcome to go there, Doddy. As long as you don't use expletives, you're welcome to go there. Well, honestly, none of the big organisations are there. All, all the big charities. Um, and the ADF has only just uh, started in the last two days. There's still rubbish everywhere in Korokai, through Lismore, through Mullumbimby. There's no trucks. There's no one coming to take away all the debris and rubbish. And we have to get that moved so that we can do the next stage. The next stage of that is cleaning the houses, cleaning up their gardens, um, and it's it's preventing that from happening because, uh, like in Mullumbimby, the the streets are narrow and the houses and the footpath is narrow and it's even blocking the footpath. Some houses you can't even get into because of the rubbish that's sitting on the streets. Mm. Um, and it's it's a health issue as well. It's an emotional issue because people are seeing their belongings sitting absolutely mud uh, you know covered and ruined and, and if, it's they're seeing that yeah if people go to your website i think you've got a couple of videos uh, that run on a loop there and people can get an idea of just how bad the situation is on the ground up there they can see what the, the flood victims and the residents up there are having to deal with let alone the trauma of, of being flooded and potentially you know drowning and having to be rescued on i think dave was um, going out on jet skis and, and rescuing people initially Yes, he was, and also bringing um, food and um, supplies to people that were still isolated, that no one was helping. We've had, um, you know, volunteers paying helicopters and fuel to go and drop food off to isolated people. Mm. Honestly, it has been a people movement right now nothing to do with the government, nothing to do with charities. Um, It has just been uh, the community rising up and taking initiative and getting in there and helping to solve this problem. Mm. 
What I thought there was a lovely story I was listening to yesterday in which um, the ADF, when they did show up, uh, quite a lot of them, you know, like, like a lot of people who are used to structure, were wandering around and not really sure what to do. So they weren't actually doing anything. And, you know, they're running around with spotlessly clean uniforms, <laughs> just walking around the streets. And I think it was a, one of these civilian volunteers actually had to coordinate the ADF and, uh, and tell them what needed to be done and, and get them to jump in. Yes, that's exactly right. I happen to have been one of those people yesterday, um, organising the uh, the uh, <laughs> the army. And someone came up to me and said, "Oh, I heard you've been uh, ordering the army." I said, "Well, someone's got to tell them what to do because they're all standing around doing nothing." And um, so, yeah, we we've had you know we need stuff moved, and um, we need they've, they've got big trucks, they've got equipment. And um, I'm quite happy to uh, uh, direct them where, where they need to mm. get moving. So, yes, uh, that was happening. And there is, is happening. Yeah, there is an anecdote I heard. I think um, Graham Hood was um, doing his live stream from his car up beside the road and he saw a yep. big army truck go by and he was quite excited that there were more people coming in and then he watched them pull up and out jumps a film crew. <laughs> And this, you know, it's not it's not help. It's a, it's a press junket for the army about the rescue work that they're doing. So you know, this is the sort of stuff you're dealing with. You had um, the prime minister there, I believe, was it yesterday? Uh, you had yeah. Dominic Perito show up, and again, you know, like the same situation that we saw in Cabago after the bushfires. It's you know photo opportunities. It's you know elections looming. You know, but again, you know, the people who are there are not feeling heard. They're not feeling um, that. That the people in our, you know, in our leadership roles genuinely care about what they're going through, and I imagine that there was probably a similar reception for our PM as there had been in Cabago. Yes, look, and not only that, no one was allowed to film except his um, direct, um, whatever they are, his yeah, press, his, his film crew, pr- yes, yeah, his press. <laughs> press junket. Um, and I understand yeah, that media was banned, so there was no outside media were allowed to come and film him right. on his visit either. That's right, that's right. And see, what they're doing is they're just coming in, doing their photo shot, and then, um, and this is happening with the, the, the big charities. I'm sorry, I have to keep saying this because people need to wake up to the big charities because they come in for a, for a week and then they disappear and they've gone and they're calling for funds and then the funds are sitting in their bank account not going to the people yeah. and um and like even i brought tables can i just say this i i brought tables to help the distribution center in korokai and next minute the salvation army food van is utilizing them and i went hang on a minute grabbed them and said can you not get your own tables and they just looked at me. I'm going, you've got millions in your bank account. And they're even pulling out today of Korokai. So I have organised barbecues and chefs to go in and continue feeding the volunteers and the people mm. of the town. Yep. And I've also got a lady coming from Adelaide with her commercial van to go and set up there and be able to feed the people. Mm. And yeah, this is what I'd heard, that the Salvation Army were pulling out today. They're taking their um, their food um, you know, food van, whatever it is, kitchen away. Um, yep. And you yep. guys have had to find your own. Like, this is outrageous. And I, I heard the numbers last night of um, how much the charities had received during the bushfires and how much of that actually made its way to the victims. <laughs> and it was a bit less than one fifth 
So for those who, you know, those listening who are thinking of giving and they would really like to support, they can't get up there in person, but they'd like to give and you know support financially. Um, you know, go to Aussie Helping Hands and have a look at the platform there and the different ways you can help. Because um, giving to the big charities is, is not going to solve um, the problem immediately for the people that are experiencing this terrible situation on the ground right now. Um, and I love another lovely story I heard. And correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that you've just had a doctor arrive in Korakai with his wife. He set up at the fire station, and he had been driving up there with um, their caravan to come up and help. And he took a wrong turn on route and ended up um, getting caught up in flood water. And both his car and his caravan were washed away. Uh, thankfully, he and his wife were okay. And instead of you know having dealing with their own drama that was going on, he went back down to his home. They got their second car and they drove straight back up. And now they've set up a clinic and at the fire station in Korokai. Like, this is the sort of compassion we're talking about with um, the, the civilians that are participating in the relief operations. It's just, just unbelievable. That, I mean, it's like the Aussie spirits come back. We lost it for a couple of years. It was there in the bushfires and we've got it right back again. Well, look, with the bushfires, $51 million was raised and the government still has that. Um, with um, David, the doctor, yes, that happened to him and he was back on the ground yesterday. He was actually helping us in the um, distribution centre. Lovely, lovely person, a beautiful heart um, and back on the ground doing that. Can I just say this, Zena? I experienced the very same thing. I was leaving Korokai on um, <clears throat> Wednesday and ended up going through a road and we almost ended up being flood victims. We managed to get our car out. I don't know how, but we did. And then I rang the police and said, you need to block off this road because the GPS is telling us it's clear to go through. Mm. What the heck is that? Yeah. And then the way that is clear, the GPS is telling us that it's not. Right. So there's, so you know, no, um, yeah, no management of the um, blocked areas to access um, northern That's rivers. Right. right. Look, we had water coming over our car and um, it was scary, but we got through it. Mm. And this is, I'm going, why is that road not blocked off? Because volunteers are coming in, they're going to get caught. We managed to be on the other end of that and saved a young girl who was going to drive through it and said, don't go that way, you will be in trouble. So, um, yeah, there's, it's just crazy in some aspects. But the atmosphere, can I say this, the atmosphere of the volunteers and those that are contributing is phenomenal. Spirits are really high. Everyone's getting in there. They're getting their hands dirty. They're putting their hand in their pockets. And this is why Aussie Helping Hands, we want to make sure that we're getting uh, what the people need as they need it. And this is why we've got an abundance of direct food and things like that. It's an overflow. We're struggling to um, store it. We don't want to send it away because we're going to need it. Um, but it's it, now we need other things mm. so that we can continue the the, um, the momentum of aid and help. Wonderful. So um, the the list of your uh, requests is being updated twice daily because you know as things change or a lot of one thing comes in and you don't have enough of another. So um, could you give us a bit of a sense of what it is that you need right now? The the, the major things that you need more of right now up there. <coughs> okay, we need um, we need cleaning products. We need we need volunteers to come and clean. They need to know that 
they will get very dirty. It does smell. Um, and then we'll need to demould the houses because that is the next very crucial aspect um, because people think if they just wash the walls and let it dry that they're going to be able to move back in. We need to make sure we treat their houses so they don't get mould because they will get very sick in 6 to 12 months if they do not do this. Then we want to, um, we need plumbers, we need electricians, um, we need builders to come and fix what needs fixing um, and then we need painters um, and then the next stage after that is we want to come in and be able to refurbish these houses with you know fridges and washing machines and furniture and because we and we don't want second hand can I just say that because a lot of people are sending half used cans of you know something or bottles of of herbs and spices we're not giving that out we are we don't want to add to them being victimized we want to bring them out of that and realize they're going to be better off at the other end of this mm. so we want to be able to give them new stuff so it feels like christmas because um emotionally and mentally it will help heal the trauma that they've experienced yeah. It won't solve it, but it'll help heal it. Mm. So just, um, I'd heard too, just so people are aware, you know, think about yourself in this situation that, you know, you've got no home, you've got, um, you know, your, the whole life is in a rotting pile out the front of your flooded house. There's, you know, dead animals, bloated cows, still floating by down the river um, you know you've got all sorts of issues going on and people have been sending things like half used compacts of makeup not even new right. but you know That's think right. about this what are you going to need in this situation if you were there what would you want what would you need and and also the respect of please as as Dottie said please send them new things please don't send them your old throwaway stuff you know this this yeah. is hard enough and um, I understood that from um, hoodie talking last night of some things that they had requested urgently right now is the big clear plastic containers with lids um, square or round that people can store their clothes in because they've got nowhere to keep their clothes dry right now um, so yeah. that's no. a request right yes absolutely so what's happening now is because everything's been ripped out um, that people are going I've you know they've been given clothes but they've got nowhere to put it they're staying in their houses so they've got nowhere to put it they're sleeping on um, we, we did a call out for um, inflatable beds um, and that's been incredible great response um, the other thing is we need more um, foldable tables and camping chairs so what, and this is for the workers as well. They've got nowhere to put their phones or put their drink or have a sit and have something to eat in the midst of their day of working. And I've been, um, I went to Office Works and bought all of, all of theirs and got them down there and been handing them out. The distribution centres need tables um, and camping chairs um, so people can, the volunteers can sit down and have a break um, because we've, we're on our feet nearly 14, 15 hours um, because that's what this time is demanding. And um, tables are crucial because the, the, uh, <laughs> I've been working with Hoodie as well. Mm. So, um, you know, I gave, I gave people some camping chairs and a table so that they can sit in their house. We're going to need um, electric jugs and microwaves and um, toasters 
so that people can put that on the table and make themselves a piece of toast in their own house mm. um, because it, we've got power back on at Korokai. So these are the things that we need. But what's happening is, Zena, we need um, storage places. We need a huge warehouse that we can actually distribute all this stuff from all through the, the northern rivers. Um, and I've been chasing this for a week. We need a big warehouse that then people know that they can come to when they're ready for that next stage, that we've got it there or we can get, get it delivered to their house. Right, and that's the thing. You've had to wait for floodwaters to recede to get level ground just to bring things like shipping containers in for storage. Yes, but the thing is we want to get everything a bit higher in case we get more rain. Mm. And I think that is the potential of more rain is uh, quite high, I understand. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And that's why if, we, if we're on higher ground, um, that means we can still get things. We'll, you know, people will come with trailers and that, and they're happy to do deliveries. So these are the things that we're, we're des in desperate need of. So like a big warehouse somewhere in Alstonville or, you know, higher Lismore that um, we can use. And it, it's not going to be for a couple of months. It's going to be six months to 12 months that we're going to need this because the the volunteering tends to drop off after a certain time and we want to be there till the end. Right. And I understand, like, very practical things like that old saying, the army marches on its feet and not on its stomach. You've got to have good shoes. So you've got a lot of people up there, and I know you've been asking for gumboots to be donated as well, but you've got a lot of yep. people up there because they're in the wet, because they're working, as you said, 14 hours a day, they're getting really bad blisters uh, from wearing yes. the gumboots all day in the wet, and people yep. really need heavy-duty work socks right now that can be worn inside the gumboots. So that was another yes. urgent request I heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, also we, we really um, want to get up on the web pages if they're going to come and volunteer is that this is what you need so that they come well equipped and ready for it. Uh, it is an emotional thing. Um, I've had volunteers break down and cry, and I get that. Um, it is an emotional thing, but you've, you, if you're really vulnerable to that sort of thing, maybe not. We really need people to go, this is a job that needs to be done. Let's go with it. Let's do it. Um, you know, and we've, we've got support not only for the victims but for our volunteers as well because we've got to look after them too. Mm. And as then you're also calling out for any medical professionals that would be able to go up and help. Is that correct? Um, both mental health professionals and medical professionals. Yes, um, and we've had a good response to that. The problem is then also... Where do we set them up? Mm. And and this is where this is our biggest problem. We we've got people that want to do so much, but where do we set you up? Where do we where can we make that? We need we need mobile um, um, almost offices and buildings or something that we can go right. This is a counselling centre. This is where people can get um, you know even the volunteers you know a bit of massage or whatever to keep them going um people are sleeping in their cars to help um you know they're, they're there for a couple of days and they're sleeping in their cars as volunteers yeah so we're just getting close to the end of our time here dotty so where should people go if they would like to help and find out um what to donate and how to donate 
Okay, first of all, Aussie Helping Hands, um, if they, you know, want to help financially, that will be fantastic. The money will go where it needs to go for this situation. Um, and then also those that are wanting to offer what they've got to donate, we've got an uh, email address and I've got girls on the ground that are sorting through that and directing uh, where things need to go and we are contacting them. Obviously, we're getting a bit overwhelmed with that, um, but we're contacting them back and going, okay, this is what you've got. We're not ready for this yet or yes, we need that now. Let's get that sorted. Okay, fantastic. And just to reiterate, um, all the money you donate to Aussie Helping Hands is going directly to victims. There are uh, no middleman administration hidden fees and charges being taken out. So know with confidence that your money is going to where it's needed. So I wanted to thank you today, um, Dottie, for joining us. And I know you've got to get back to relief efforts there. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. Now, please do update us regularly on your needs. We're happy to do a weekly announcement of uh, things that you require up there. So if you just keep in touch with me, we can do an announcement on the show each week about what it is that you guys require. Absolutely, thank you so very much, Zena. And I love what your your uh, what you said at the beginning. It's you are all about you're not alone, and that's what Aussie Helping Hands is about as well. Mm. So lovely to connect with you, and thank you, thank you, thank you so very very much. Mm. And give some virtual hugs to the gang up there for me. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Okay, thanks. And that was Dottie Janssen with Aussie Helping Hands working on the ground with flood relief in the Northern Rivers area. You have been listening to an episode of A Line in the Sound, the podcast made by Co-ops, Commons and Communities Canberra, Co-Canberra for short, the New Economy Network of Australia, or NINA, and Radio Behind the Lines from Community Radio 2XX 98.3 FM in Canberra, Australia. Co-Canberra is working towards a cooperative Commonwealth. Our work builds strong communities, extensive commons and a network of climate cooperatives. The New Economy Network of Australia is a network of individuals and organisations working to transform Australia's economic system so that achieving ecological health and social justice are the foundational principles and the primary objectives of the economic system. Behind the Lines has been running for well over 30 years on Canberra's oldest community radio station, 2XX. We do extended interviews with anyone who's trying to make the world a better place. All three are volunteer-run, so if you like what you heard on this episode, join us and become the media. To join up with the New Economy Network of Australia, sign up at neweconomy.org.au. To help out with Behind the Lines, or to help our editing team finish off a mountain of good Australian New Economy info, which includes editing training, contact us at behindthelines98.3 at gmail.com and see 2XXFM.org.au where you can subscribe, donate and volunteer to Australia's only alternative voice, Community Radio. If you're not in Canberra, there's definitely one near you. To help out with CoCanberra, contact us at info at cocanberra.org.au That's C-O-C-A-N-B-E-R-R-A dot org dot A-U or come along to our monthly meetups, which we share with Nina Canberra Regional Hub, where we explore any and all aspects of the new economy. Find out what we're up to at cocanberra.org.au. And finally, if you want to help fund me, Scotty, to go full-time with this and lots of other related work, look up LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, and search for Community Supported Scotty. From there, you can find out about all my other projects and donate to help create a new appropriate economy. Thanks.